You are listening to a sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Tonight in 1 Thessalonians 5, we are at the place in the letter where the Apostle Paul, like he does in so many of his letters, gives rapid exhortations because the letter is drawing to a close but there is just still so much to say and so oftentimes we come we do close a letter with a number of brief direct to the point exhortations one good thing about these types of exhortations is in other letters, we can pair them up to the long versions of these, and we can then explain them. Or we can use these short ones as summaries for sections of other books. In this case, depending on how we divide it, if we want to divide it phrase by phrase, we have five things, or if we want to divide it by um, topic, we have two. I think we'll call this two, uh, but they have segments. So verses 19 and 20. 1 Thessalonians 5 is our first instruction in, in two segments. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. So the quenching of the spirit in the first century church was something they were to avoid. Don't hinder those who are working by, teaching by, bringing us Instructions particularly by the Holy Spirit. To tie this with prophetic utterances, I think shows us the truth that's in 1 Corinthians 14, where the Apostle Paul talks about the uh, supremacy of uh, prophecy among all the spiritual gifts. As we know, there was in 1 Corinthians 12 and in 1 Corinthians 14, a great variety of spiritual gifts. Chapter 13 tells us that love trumps them all, and love is the thing we should most concentrate on. But of the spiritual gifts, the one that would have the most lasting good, I believe, is, and the reason why Paul put it forth as the one to really desire, was prophecy. Because the word we can take with us. Other gifts, such as gifts of healing. Uh, How many people does that help? Well, one directly, and... Uh, all of the ones associated with them indirectly. That might help a whole family to heal, a mom or a dad, right? Uh, that, might be, that might be something in a family uh, that might be remembered for a couple of generations. be a really great help or some other gift like that. But what if you could teach a bunch of people inspired words? How many people can a sermon help? It could help them all. And how long could a sermon help? For instance, I, I think the book of Hebrews, I, I believe it to be, for instance, I believe the book of Hebrews is a full length of an inspired sermon. Most of the time we have summaries of things in the scriptures. But I think the Hebrews is the full text of a sermon. Now, not everybody agrees on that, but I think that's the best way I found to approach it. But a long-form section like that of inspired teaching, how many people could that help and for how long? And so, don't quench the spirit. Don't work against anything the Spirit's doing among you, but particularly that which is prophetic. 
And then the second exhortation about examination and doing the right thing. So examine everything carefully. It's interesting that comes right after prophetic utterance. What's one of the things the devil faked early on in the church has been faking ever since? Messages from God. How many people are in different religions today that are purported to be based on messages from God? Either given directly to the local group or given to some uh, previous prophet and written down in a book. And how many are misled by things that don't stand the test of Scripture? They aren't in the canon of Scripture, but people still hold to them and follow them as doctrine because supposedly they're prophetic. So I think that's the key as to why we go from prophetic utterances to examine everything carefully. But it's not just the things of prophecy we examine carefully. It's it's all the teaching we base on the prophecy. Uh, I think everything I teach from the pulpit here, everything that's taught from the floor in the Bible class, even the comments that are made in the classes, these are to all be examined carefully. Uh, Or as uh, the King James there would say, test all things. Test everything. Why? So that we can see what's good. What if it is good? Hold fast to it. What if it's bad? Abstain from it. So test it to know what it is. So use some spiritual discernment. Use some spiritual judgment. So here's our rapid, our rapid exhortations as we close the book. Listen to what the Spirit's saying and what the Spirit's doing, especially the things that are inspired words. Of, of those and everything else as well, see if it's good or bad. If it's good, do it and do more of it. If it's bad, abstain from all of it. All right, that's, that's the quick exhortations. And with that, we're done quickly. We'll have more as we go in closing blessings and exhortations. But with these things, let's take these and use these principles still to honor what the Spirit truly gave us, to examine to see if it really is, if it's purported to be the words of the Spirit, if it is, and then based on it, is it good or bad? Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Malvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at malvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.